So good afternoon and welcome to St. Petersburg Global Ministries. This is Pastor Diane Winbush. This is our episode two of our Marriage and Singles Conference 2022. So we have a great panel for you on the discussion for this afternoon. We think that marriages are very, very important, especially in the Christian church and in the public sector. Sometimes we hide certain things. Sometimes people go home from churches. They are hurting. They, uh, you know, going through things and they cannot open up perhaps even to their own clergy or to someone else in their own home. So this will kind of help bring some information, resources. It's not anything to be biased, judgmental, or opinionated towards anyone, you know, church, denomination, and as always, we always put a disclaimer on our shows to make sure that everyone um, understands um, our ministry. So to kind of help us to understand a little bit more about, uh, we have our panel that's um, here today. And so we're going to start with Monty. Monty is a mental health um, counselor, and he's going to tell us a little bit about him and a little bit about his organization. Well, first of all, Pastor Diane, thanks for having me on your show. Mm -hmm. Got a good looking panel there. Hopefully okay. I can fit in. All right. So uh, <laughs> I'm a military brat, heavy on the brat side. And then I was in the military for several years, went to the University of Florida, go Gators, on a ROTC scholarship, stayed for seven years, got out, went into full-time ministry for 16 years. And then uh, there just came, became very, very clear that we, we were out of state and uh, we needed to move back to Florida where my parents were, my wife's parents were, they were ailing. We need to come back and help them. Really couldn't find a good fit ministry wise. So I decided to go ahead and do the uh, counseling drill and uh, got a master's in mental health and have been in uh, practice now for 15 years. Okay. Okay. Great. So um, our next panelist, we're going to um, um, go to is going to be um, assistant pastor, uh, Reverend Isaac Hayes, and he's going to tell us a little bit about him and also um, his um, organization and then um, a little bit about what he do. Well, thank you, uh, Pastor Winbush, for having me. I'm excited to be uh, part of this panel, and I'm probably going to take more notes than add to the notes of the people who are participating, but I look forward to our conversation. As you indicated, I'm an assistant pastor, one of seven, at the Apostolic Church of God in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I am also the founder of Healing of the Soul Ministries. Uh, which is uh, in existence to evangelize the lost and empower the saints. It's, it's very simple. And I'm a recent author of, of the new book, Men After God's Heart, 10 Principles of Brotherly Love. And so uh, God has just been blessing me, my wife, uh, like uh, the couple you have on today, uh, the Davises. She's the doctor <laughs> and I'm just the minister. Uh, but... Uh, she does a lot of marriage ministry in her private Christian uh, counseling practice. So I cheat off her notes. Uh, so hopefully I'll be of help today. Okay, absolutely. So um, our uh, next two panelists uh, we have is husband and wife. Uh, they have been on the show before and uh, Dr. Nicole has been with us. Uh, this is her third or fourth time being with us and she is, has been very, very helpful in the past uh, to our ministry. So uh, we also welcomed um, um, uh, Tony Davis and her husband. He's the lawyer and also Dr. Nicole Davis. So both of you tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit about your um, uh, organization Empower to Engage. Oh, sure. Well, our organization Empower to Engage, what we do there is we do 
marriage coaching. We do um, mediation. We It's all about family building. We do um, parent-child relationship, child-child relationship. We do everything really related to family and parenting and marriage there. But in addition to that, I have a law practice, a Davis Family Legal Group. And there we, I consider that to be the, the um, culmination of the entire family process because we deal with a marriage issues there as well. But ideally, if it's really controversial, we'll um, send it down to Empower to Engage because the um, intent is really to come to some kind of reconciliation. But also the primary focus of the firm is estate planning, wills, trust, and state administration in that regard. Um, we've been married, it'll be 31 years this December. We have two adult children who um, we, we still like them, they still like us. Um, I don't know what, what's it, what, want to chime in anything there, babe? Yeah, and we're also authors. We have a number of books. Uh, we, a set of them we call the Done Right series. Marriage Done Right is hard work, but it's worth it. Parenting Done Right is hard work, but it's worth it. And Leadership Done Right is hard work, but it's worth it. And they're all set up in a devotional format so that it, they can be used for small groups, individual studies, couples, families. And the whole purpose is to give individuals as well as families the tools they need, the how-tos of the how-to of acquired knowledge. So we have a lot of information, but how do we apply that? And so we really want to help couples and individuals be the best represent, representation of Christ in the earth and that their families, as Tony was saying, how we like each other, that they really enjoy being together. And so whatever it is that the parents, the couples are teaching or training their children in, that that will be multiplied and the children will continue that long after they've gone from the home. So we focus on really enriching the family as a whole. Okay, okay, great. Oh, hold on, so she, she stopped there. Oh. I, I, can't, I can't let her stop there. So she also, she also took her, her, her dissertation and explain that long um, academic title that you discussed. Okay, so I have a doctorate in conflict analysis and resolution. And my dissertation is Women in Ministries, How the Conflicts Between God's Purpose and Church Doctrine Impacts the Efficacy of Female Church Leaders. So, yeah, so, yeah, so what she did, she took that book, took all the academic egghead stuff out and, and wrote a book in practical language for women well, really for everybody, but it shows women how to be all that God has called them to be, despite the cultural practices that we have today, because God has called you to be who he has called you to be. But last but not least, we also have another book that we um, just- And it's um, entitled, E, Where Are You? Confronting uh -huh. Toxic Practices Against the Advancement of Women. I guess that's important. Huh? Yes. <laughs> and one more thing, Diane, and then we're going to turn it back over to you. Go ahead. We, we as, we, as I said, even through the- um, empower to engage organization that we have. We talk about parent-child relationships, but we understand that a lot of times parents really just don't know how to interact with their children. So we wrote a, right. we now also have a line of books where we're starting the children's book line as well. So it's called Growing Up with Bendy the Squirrel. And the first one is actually out there is Bendy, I Can Make My Bed. And what it does is it teaches kids practical life skills, but it helps the parents get involved in those skills as opposed to just sending them off and saying, hoping that they learn. And then you realize and say, hey, look, you're at this age, you should be able to do such and such, but you've never taught them. So we wrote books that really just try to bring parents and children together. Y'all are some busy souls. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Yes, it is great. Um, and I think we kind of talked about that and we may get into a little bit of that today, depending on the time. 
um, about the blended families. We talked about that on the first episode and it, it was pretty good. We got a real good response from the first two uh, uh, panelists that we had. So um, this is the first thing that we want to talk about. <clears throat> and um, it's entitled Superiority in the Relationship. So um, I'll start off with a scenario. So um, while reading a post um, on LinkedIn, LinkedIn in about five or six years ago, you have this um, this husband, uh, perhaps he was downsized in his job and the wife was still working. Okay, we're gonna start with Monty on this. So the wife is working, the husband got downsized on his job. Her income is up to like six or seven uh, 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 figure digits annually, but he gets intimidated. So she reached out to LinkedIn to this professional women's group to find out as to what she could be able to do to stop the intimidation or prevent the intimidation from her husband because they are one but we want to talk about the fact as what a husband can be able to do in the case if his if he is still he's still the breadwinner it doesn't matter if his income is smaller than the wife but he's still the he's still the breadwinner but sometimes the spouses will I'm, I'm telling you my, my ministry is a little cut and dry so i'm just telling you so that's what happened she 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 was looking out and researching for help from the group as to what to do she couldn't quit her job just because her husband felt um, I guess, you know, intimidated because of, so how do we keep couples together? How do we encourage couples to be able to accept one another, regardless of who is bringing home the most of the bacon and who's slicing the most of the bread? So we're gonna start with Monty. I love your illustrations. Slicing the bacon and making the bread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so much of it in that scenario depends upon, you know, where they are in their marriage in the first place, you know, and oh, typically, well. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's in a very secure situation. What I do in situations like that, I, 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 I would, if he was in my office, I would say, so you get your security from what you do. And he would probably go, yeah, I make the money. I do this. I do that. I said, so what if until you get to a better place? in your job, you get your security from who you are, who, what okay. you do as a husband, what you do as a father, who you are to your wife and your kids, get your security from that because jobs come and go, but those roles are going to stay. Right. That's where I would start. Okay. Okay. Uh, Pastor Hayes. <clears throat> you know, I, I would agree with Monty uh, in drilling down on the identity issue. Uh, one of the things I talk about, you know, they do it more as a practice. I do it more as ministry and, and talking about it uh, mm -hmm. to the congregation. But one, marriage is never 50-50, right? It is a right. partnership. Absolutely. And you get in where you fit in. And so uh, I may make more money or less money. You may do more of the cleaning or less of the cleaning. You may help with the kids more than I do, but we have to understand that we're working together in partnership to achieve a greater goal. And so as long as we're staying on mission, as long as we know what the goal is, who cares if she makes more money or I make more money? Now, the reality is this, is that we all come into marriages broken. We all come into marriages with issues. Mm -hmm. And so once we have a marriage, those issues only become more pronounced 
because of what our false expectations are for marriage. And so uh, I don't want to preach, but I'll just <laughs> hear <laughs> that if he is intimidated that his wife now makes more money than him, then it's a he issue, not a she issue. And he has to wrestle with what's going on inside of him that has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that his wife makes more money. Okay. And God, God bless her for looking for help for it. That shows what yeah. a great yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I would have went on to LinkedIn and got the information because I mean, you know, it's like two or three thousand comments, and you're out there in front of everybody. So I mean, everybody's different though. Everybody's different. I'm a little shy. I just don't think I would have reached out to LinkedIn, but I kind of sympathize with her um, on that fact. Uh, you know, everybody's different, like I stated. Uh, Dr. Nicole and Tony. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, babe. Oh, wow. Okay. So in this, in this particular scenario, I, I would really need more facts to really formalize a, a really um, strong opinion. And the, the primary fact I would need to know is if he was making more money than her before he lost his job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as Monty said, it seems like he obtained some kind of security from his position. But the reality is this. If he lost his job and now she's making more money than him, and, and, and Isaac talk, touched on him as well, talking about me issue versus her issue, is the real issue that she's making more money than he is, or is the issue that he's feeling insecure because he's no longer making money, right? So now, because I have to properly identify what the real issue is so that I can try to solve it. If the issue is that she's making more money than he is, then we have to talk about, well, what do you need to do to... Um, obtain a job again and if you obtain employment or start your own business whatever the case may be is it a, is it a situation where you can make the money that you desire if the issue is her making more money then it's a totally separate and distinct issue there now the issue is really what i would consider to be something that's foundational to marriage you see because when you're talking about marriage especially in a christian environment right but even if you're not in a christian environment hopefully these kind of topics will come up you're talking about things like unity. You're talking about things like oneness. So now, anything that happens to someone that I'm in unity with or oneness because, you know, two no, no longer two flesh, but now we're one, right? right. Anything That's that right. happens good for her is theoretically good for me. So, right. So if it's good for me, now there's no reason for me to be intimidated. Right. Because, because what's happening for her is, is good for the family. It's good, it's good for the relationship. So I need to really properly identify what the issue is to give proper help. Okay, Dr. Mm -hmm. Nicole. Yeah, so I, I purposefully wanted Tony to go first because I really wanted to hear what all the men were saying as it pertained to the man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because that's nice to address the man, but we also have to address the woman because yeah. she is in this relationship and needing a way to deal with the conflict because that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about it as a practitioner, a mediator, as well as a pastor, because right. I'm ordained this in addition to that right. and looking at it spiritually and naturally. So for her, I don't know what her prayer life is like. I don't know how strong she is as a Christian and whether or not they are Christians. I don't know if you said that, mm -hmm. but if she's a Christian, then my advice would be different than someone who's a non-Christian, but her prayer life has to intensify for one. She really needs to get godly wisdom in her approach to the matter because this is a conversation that must be had. 
whether that conversation is going to be had with just the two of them or they're going to get a neutral person, whether it's a pastor like uh, Pastor Hayes or if it's a mediator, someone mm -hmm. who can come in and hear what the issues are. And if it's a situation that we find oftentimes in marriages where one spouse may not want counseling or are willing to go to talk to someone, mm -hmm. then she would need to go and talk to someone to get some assistance in how to navigate through this just in case uh, his response is volatile, uh, if he's shutting down, she would need to be able to be emotionally stable to deal with whatever the scenario is. And someone would have to talk her through, if this happens, then do this. If this happens, consider this. If this, then don't have the conversation, walk away. You know, So there are conversations that would need to be had with her to help her talk about it. But couples need to, right. they need to talk about these hard things. And that's one of the things that keep marriages from flourishing is because we don't know how to communicate. And so one yeah. of the things she could do is ask him the questions. What is it about the fact that me, my money is not enough to sustain us while right. you get on your feet because I'm here to support you? Mm -hmm. Or she can make sure that she heard that she's not having an attitude because he's not working. So there's so many layers to this to make sure that she is undergirding him in this time when he's feeling the way he does. Because I can't imagine what that feels like, especially right. if you were the one making most of the money mm -hmm. or you do identify yourself by what you do. What does that do to you as a person? So just helping her to put herself in his shoes and to be as patient, sympathetic, kind, and wise in her approach in dealing with and him. We're all, and, we're, and we've all presupposed that she had a good idea, a good attitude before she went to LinkedIn as well. We don't, right. we don't really know. Yeah. Right, right, absolutely. Um, and so um, let's clarify, that question was actually for the public sector, sector or the secular type of setting, workplace, workforce, or what have you. And sometimes, like I said, everybody's different, uh, you know, and perhaps maybe she was at the at her wit's end, the reason why she went to LinkedIn, because she, you know, felt it was in a group or what have you, and she could be able to talk to the other women and get the uh, help and response that she needed. I, it just kind of struck me when um, I saw it and I kind of felt uh, sympathetic for her. I really did. Because even though we're in a Christian, we're Christians, all of us have some type of leadership authority, but but our love for God is supposed to spill over, not to the just to the church, but to those that are lost too. So that's the reason why I handle both sides. I have to handle the public sector side because once the video was published, it's just not Christian people are going to be watching this. It's going to be people that's going to be looking for answers on both sides of the fence. So that's the reason why I address them on both sides of the fence that way. So now we're going to the church. So you have, uh, yeah, we're going to go to the church. So now you have a a, a husband. Well, we, we're not even going to do it that way. We're going to go the other way. So we're not here to badger men and beat them up and what have you. So now you have this wife. And so she is perhaps maybe a cafeteria supervisor. And how does she deal with the same question now? 
how does she deal with that? Her husband is 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 uh, you know on the platform, and 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 I, like I said, we don't talk about these things in the church, but we do have intimidation even in the church, in the house of God, where we have where the husband writes a book, now the wife has to write to write a book and what have you. So we're gonna flip side that, and we're gonna go to the female side, and how can we can be able to work that out? Even if I'm the first lady, some first ladies they even feel that they are less in the church just because their husbands are the pastor, and what have you. And so we want to talk about that to be able to give some relief as to women as well, as well as to men, as to, you know, the pastor, he's the pastor, or he's the elder, or he's the apostle, or he's the prophet. And so the wife may feel that, you know, and 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 we all we all have faults. And so that's the reason why we identify those faults and then we try to work on them. And that's the reason why we're having this marriage con conference to be able to help individuals to be able to identify themselves. So we're going to start with Monty on that question. First of all, it's a great topic because I, I dealt with this quite a bit during the pandemic when so many people were getting laid off, you mm -hmm. know, that, that really did, you know, like the wife kept the job, the husband didn't, and that did create some problems. But in, so now that we're back in church, you know, I, the way I would approach the situation, you know, as a, as a couple, I would ask them the question, are you here to compete or here to complete? And then right that, that's, that's, that's what happens sometimes is, you know, couples, I know that that was very strong part of our relationship early on. We've been married 40 years, but man, those first few years, I was competitive with her and she's competitive with me and it just caused a lot of conflict. So I would get them to flip. I said, if we're here to compete, there's no good future in that. We got to learn, you know, from a biblical perspective, the two become one is about completion, right. not competition. Right. Right. Absolutely. Reverend Hayes. Yeah, I, I, piggyback off Monty, uh, I, I frame more of uh, are we in competition or are we complementary, right? As, as I understand, uh, Eve and Adam, when God presented them to each other, uh, Eve was Adam's corresponding opposite, right? She was not in competition with him, but she was there to partner with him Right. to go to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. They were to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and do, and have dominion. Right. Adam could not reproduce by himself. So right. God gave him someone who would complement him in the work of co-ruling uh, on the earth on behalf of God. And so when we even think about a, a personal illustration, when my wife and I uh, were married, you know, she came from a different church. At her church, uh, let's just say she was... Uh, we all loved and she had a lot of responsibility and she left a smaller church to come into my big old mega church and where I was well loved and given a lot of responsibility and so she became a small fish quote unquote in this big pond and now it's her husband that is receiving all the attention that she would get and so there was a period of adjustment for her not in competing with me but she understood as she told me that where she was before was a particular season of her life. But now God has shifted her in this season to support me. Now her role has grown in my church as well, but she never competed with me. She understood that we were working together in partnership to complement each other's strengths and weaknesses. Okay, okay, great. Tony? Oh, you're starting with me. Okay. <laughs> I see the here. Okay. Um, I saw you writing, so I said, let me go. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, took, I took notes because it's, it's something that um, Monty said and also um, what Isaac said, and I, I'll, I'll 
elaborate on both of them, but it goes back to the, the, the first point. Um, a lot of it is, where do we get our sense of security? Because now we're, we're talking about titles. Is my sense of security, is my sense of fulfillment in the title that I have? Because yeah, I, I, can, I can receive a title and be absolutely um, incompetent as I have that title, right? True. So that doesn't, that, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily make me the big shot with that title. Right. Now, what I would say in, in that particular situation, and when, when we're talking about competition, we, we need to back it up and get a little more foundational and basic and, and understand just fundamentally. And, and even though I know we're talking about a church scenario, it's really, I would give the same advice to someone who isn't in the church or has no religious belief at all. Okay. And I, and I would ask them, like, who is your spouse? Who is your spouse at their best? And what's your role in helping them achieve that? Because see, when I understand who my spouse is, and even I, in, a, in a church environment, I can say, well, who has God called your spouse to be, husband or wife? In the secular environment, I may just say, who just about the same way I just articulated it. Mm -hmm. And now, how am I going to help my spouse be them best, their best selves? What's my role in helping them do that? Whether it's me in this role, her in that role, it doesn't matter. There are things that we're going to do together, and there are things that we're going to do individually. But I know if, at the end of the day, I need to be an asset in my relationship. So, Nicole, how can you be your best? What's, what's on your heart? How can I help you in that? How can I help you achieve your dreams? That's how we're going to function on a day-to-day -day basis. And the note you saw me writing towards the end is going toward what, uh, what Isaac said, because at the end of the day, what we have to learn, sometimes it'll help if I'm in a Christian environment, but sometimes there's this, this thing that's really, really irritating and I can say it, but we don't really understand it if we have to deal with it sometimes. And it's called timing. Okay. So, so now as, 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 I'm, as I'm walking in my relationship and things may be happening for you, or they may not be happening for me or vice versa. Sometimes we have to understand that, you know what? It may happen, but now I have to be, have, maybe have to get a better grasp of timing to see when my dreams may come to fruition. But the reality is if I'm walking in my best, we should be good. I don't know why we would ever compete or be frustrated if I'm in my best and you're in your best and I'm helping you become your best and you're helping me become my best. That's my focus, not competition. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And you Nicole. know what, and all of this happens, um, just thinking about what Monty said, we evolve into this. Like we don't go into marriages having this fully understood or walking in it when we join together. I mean, it's really messy in the beginning and we really have to have the conversations, talk to each other and recognize what we're doing because a lot of times we have feelings and treat each other in ways that we don't even recognize that we're doing it if it's not brought to our attention. So this issue of identity is a really big one. Who am I? Why am I here? And what should I be doing? Most people cannot articulate who they are, even whether they're in the church or out of the church, they have no sense of purpose. They don't know what they should be working towards. And if I'm in a relationship and my spouse seems to, to know what they want, they're moving in that, and I don't have that together, as opposed to me looking to them to help me get that, resentment can set in and jealousy can set in. Right. And then I retreat, I become isolated and I let the devil work on me in my mind and what I'm thinking. And I begin to entertain that. 
but you don't know that that's happening. And if we're not learning that in the church in particular, if we're not being taught not just scripture, but how that scripture applies to me, how does it help me become better at a woman, a, a professional, a mother, or whatever it is that I'm doing, or a man the same, then I'm wallowing in that. You know, I might be reading, I have a devotional, but it's not showing me, or I'm not able to apply it in a way that I can make my life become more of what God says I should be able to have. And so when I think, when I listen to what Isaac says, and for your wife to have the, the, maturity Maturity. yes Mm -hmm. to recognize Mm -hmm. this uh that season is over for me right to come to a place of that that first of all she has to have some a level of self-awareness and people don't have that so what i would love to see happening for people in the church and out of the church that they take the time to do the work talk to someone whether it's a coach a mediator, a counselor, a therapist, whatever it is that you need, a pastor to say, to to start talking about what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? Where is it that I want to go in my life? And how do I get there? And I need help. Those are the beginning conversations and they just don't happen. And so we're always on the reactionary side as opposed to the preventative side to set ourselves up for success. We're always trying to muddle through a mess. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see churches and pastors take a more preventive, proactive proactive and preventive stance, seeing that we have families. What can we do to strengthen them and make sure they're, they're healthier so that husbands and wives are supporting one another out the gate when they start? Even if you have to start from the, you know, whether it's premarital counseling uh, or they just got married or just joined the church, to start having those conversations with people to see where they are and see how they can be helped. I could go on and on about this because our churches and the people within them, you know, the family is the foundation of everything, whether it's the church, the workplace the community, and if a church, if a family is broken, then they're taking that brokenness wherever they go. We've got to take the time to invest in the people in these families so that they can thrive instead of just survive. And that's what's happening. Okay, okay, great. That's fair enough. So uh, that uh, concludes our first segment. So the second segment is going to be in regards to being a good listener as a partner. So, of course, we, uh, yeah, so sometimes, you know, it may take a while for us to get there. Uh, So we know the story, of course, of the reason why um, Vashti, in the book of Esther, she lost her throne, um, you know, disobedience. Uh, Her husband wanted her to do one thing, and she said no. And so the husband, uh, King Ahasuerus, went to the elders and said, uh, well, let's... uh, get some information from them and let's take their advice and see what they have to say. And so once he went and got their advice, hey, no, 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 throw her out because we don't want our wives disobeying us like she's disobeying you. So we want to talk about that also um, as well, starting at this perspective of the wife, because it's the wife's job to submit just as well as the husband. But God basically leans on the woman to be obedient, uh, you know, more simply because she's more at the home and the house, the husband is more like the, 
I guess the provider. He's the head of Christ and he's the provider. So we want to talk about that, the importance of especially not trying to have the last word, okay, um, in the relationship and being humble enough to say that I'm wrong. We're talking about the topic is disobedience, but to say that I'm wrong or to admit that I'm wrong and making sure that I'm not walking in a level of pride to um, distort the relationship. You know, you have so many couples, especially in the church, you know, individuals, they take their titles and they abuse their authority. You know, you know, it's, it's me, I'm right and stuff because I'm the, you know, this and I'm that and what have you. But we want to talk about the importance in the marriage of how important it is to be a good listener. Take the time to calm down, listen to what you're saying. And even if you're wrong, humble yourself and go back to your spouse and your partner and say, look, I was wrong with, you know, in that. And then that, that also can be able to release the partner so the partner won't, you know, lay down, you know, upset or angry or what have you. So we're going to start with Monty on that question. You hit me with a lot of stuff there, Diane. So let me <laughs> Uh, I just want to make sure I understand. So basically how to help couples communicate better. Is that really what we're saying? Well, being a, a good, uh, being a good listener, they're communicating, of course, but sometimes you have one spouse that may not listen. They're, um, what you call it, um, I think Matlock, Ben Matlock used to say, you know, they're a ratchet mouth. They rattles off at the mouth. One wants to listen, one don't want to listen. And so we're, we're, we're talking about bringing the couples together as to how to be one and listening to one another. Okay, so that, that was, I, I appreciate the clarification. So if I had a nice whiteboard, I, I would be drawing this, okay? I, I, every couple that comes to me, communication is the problem. All right. I mean, it's, okay. so it's not like they married somebody that doesn't speak their language, but it's still communication is a problem. Something we've been doing all our life is still a problem. So anyway, one side would be talking and the other side would be listening. And then I asked them, what is the bottom rung of this triangle? So for early on in our marriage, I thought it was agreeing. So I would talk and 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 force my point so that my wife would agree and eventually she would back down but really the bottom line is understanding you see and so if if listening is part of if the goal of communication is understanding and listening is a part of that then we have to identify what is keeping you from listening and typically it's you said humility usually it's pride keeps me from listening or selfishness. You know, I think my opinion is better or, or what I have to say is more important. And so then we have to address those core issues to help that person listen better. Okay. Okay. Um, Pastor Hayes. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I think, uh, as it was said earlier, is that we are communicating, but nobody's translating what's being communicated. And so I think, you know, leaning back on Dr. Gary Chapman and the five love languages is one uh, tool that we certainly should always uh, rely on because you need to understand your spouse's love language. Mm -hmm. And I'll just throw a quick example here. You know, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature, right? So um, I can listen, uh, but my wife told me just because I'm sitting there looking at her doesn't mean I'm listening. Uh, because she wants me to engage and to ask questions and to respond, not with solutions, 
but with empathy, if not sympathy in the situation. And so men, I'll speak for the male part, we need to empathize and sympathize as best we can. And that's a life learning process. But the other thing is, is, is quality time. I thought if we spend all day binge watching Greenleaf, I'll spend the whole day with my wife. That was wonderful quality time for her. What is she talking about? <laughs> but I discovered that for her, quality time was talking, <laughs> communicating right. at the bottom of the triangle. And, and so it's really understanding expectations, understanding your spouse, uh, and then as it relates to conflict, and I'll let Dr. Davis deal with this more because she's better <laughs> equipped, uh, is that is being right more important than making progress. Mm. And if, if I'm in this relationship with my life partner and I have to be right, then this relationship can never evolve to what it is we hoped it would be on the day we said I do. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Tony, I, I know know you got something good for us. Come on. Now I, I want to hear her, um, her take okay. first, but no, but I, but I'll, I'll take it. You know, I felt like Monty's like, man, that, that, that question is so loaded because you talked about listening, then you talked about roles and all, it's a lot of different things there. And when, when I think about like, okay, well, listen, like, well, listening to who am I listening to God? Am I listening to my spouse? Who am I listening to? And, and really, what's the issue that's causing the listening problem? Because some issues could be extremely material where my opinion and, and, and uh, my perspective <clears throat> may be really, really, I mean, I'm talking about that's where you put the weight on the scale. It's like, mm -hmm. because I have the expertise there, right? There are other issues where I may not have the expertise. So my opinion probably should not carry as much weight. And then depending on what the topic is, it's like, uh, hey, is this something that we really need to work out together? Because if it's something that we're doing together, because remember, and from my perspective, unity, you know, we have love and all that kind of stuff, but unity and oneness is really the, the key foundation of, of a strong marriage, right? So if not, if if we're having issues here, is this something where I may think that the issue is my ability to comprehend or even listen or try to understand somebody's perspective? But maybe that could be a crack in our unity. So I don't know. So I, as you see, I have to diagnose what the problem is to see what we're talking about. But, but, but at the end of the day, it goes back to, okay, if, I, if there's an issue here, is it my issue? Because I, I, I may diagnose it as a listening issue, but the, the reality is I could have misunderstood you and I misunderstood what was on your heart and what your goals and desires were. And keeping in mind that sometimes because we evolve as people, Sometimes I may be operating in what I think I know about you, but now you may be going through some kind of change that we may not have properly discussed. And so now I may not understand your new perspective. So that means I need to sit down and understand where you're coming from today, because you may not be coming from today where you came from last year, even though I think I know you so well. So now that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity for me to learn like, oh, what's, what's happening here? What, what's, what's this change about? And why is that a change? And that why do you think that you're changing this way? And what do you think is going to yield? So I, I need to gain some understanding. Like, so as Monty said, that bottom line understanding, a lot of times it's just really a lack of understanding. And I need to understand that, hey, because I need to understand that I lack understanding and now I need to dive in more and not think that I may have been right yesterday, but I'm no longer right today. Mm -hmm. In my understanding of you. 
Okay. Okay. So maybe perhaps maybe the, the question was a little bit broad, but um, actually what this is in regards to is to husband and wife. Sometimes you have a wife that she just does, does not listen to her husband. She's right there with him, but she's not listening. Okay. Did not just, you know, we just talked about it. You know, you perhaps maybe have went over with the bills this month, or you may have went over shopping this month. She's still not listening. Okay. Then, you know, we talked about this. This is how we're going to, uh, you know, dress the kids and stuff. She's still not listening. Okay. We're going through this uh, here about the money spending. You're still not listening. Okay. We're going through something, uh, perhaps maybe something at church. You know, we, we talked about this. Okay. So take for example, example, um, I think it was uh, something that came up and um, this um, overseer had asked me to um, be over this women's district, but well, the district was from uh, probably like a 50 or 60 or 100 mile range of women from, you know, from what, and he just came in, my husband came in and he told me, he said, this is going to be too much for you. You have the grandchildren, you have me to see about as well and what have you and things, this is going to be too much of a load. So what I did, I kind of lingered around with it a couple of days, but at the third, on the third day, boom, it came it, it, you know, it hit me. I said, no, let me call the overseer back, let him know that I cannot no longer be able to do this task as a women's supervisor of this, um, of this uh, territory or jurisdiction or whatever. And so that's what the type of listening that I'm talking about. Listening, listening to your husband, listening to your spouse, your spouse, one person may be right and the other person may still have the good um, um, uh, knowledge and understanding, whether it's the, the, the female or the male. So that, I guess I want to, wanted to clarify that if that topic or that subject was a little bit too broad. Yeah, and I would just say before I turn over to Nicole, and in, that, in those particular situations, sometimes, once again, it may go back to timing. Because yeah. you may, because you mentioned like even in that scenario, overseer the, the issue may be because of your responsibilities with the grandchildren, but maybe right right opportunity just wrong time. Yeah, like we don't because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rarely ever a bright line test. Yeah, when we're looking at how do we apply these things, you know, right. now granted the fact that you may have let it linger for three days, you know, that, that could yeah. be another issue, right? <laughs> you know, That's so right. That. Not <laughs> but, a good business. Yeah, it, it's, it's never it's never always bright line cut and dry like. Well, if the husband doesn't want you to um, go do that, then you shouldn't do it because maybe today you may not do it, but it's not if the husband comes back 10 years from now, so has that same stance because I'm the husband and you don't have those other commitments, then that may not be the right thing for the husband to say. I right. don't know. We need to, we need to consider the um, circumstances in this totality. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to address the broader um, question that, or how you how you formed it when you first started talking about, you know, really talking about the roles. Right. And Tony and I met in the military. So in my mind and in his mind, we're both warriors. Right. We both come with skills and abilities to do a particular job, but it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a woman and he's a man. Right. And so when you come into the marriage and it's the same with dealing with conflict, if we get into who's right, as opposed to what's right, mm -hmm. then we start looking at because you're this person, you now have the right to dictate or set whatever is supposed to happen. But what can happen in a relationship if a man does not talk to his wife about something he wants to do? and consider all of the impact and the outcome and the cost for his decision. That can still be counterproductive for the family. And so if the wife says, I don't think you should take that job, or I don't think you should do that thing, or that ordination is gonna pull you 
further away from the family. I thought yeah. we agreed we were mm -hmm. going to wait for X, Y, and Z. That's right. So it goes both ways. And I think one of the fallacies in how it is that we do marriage, yes, in God's order and God's design, the man is the head of the home. Mm -hmm. right. But as you have father, son, and Holy Spirit, they work together in tandem. And while they have their specific roles, you recognize all of them as the God head trinity that we follow and believe in as doctrine and belief in our Christian walk. And so men and women have to learn to listen and consider one another all the time. Right. It should never be a situation that a man nor a woman is talking to the other spouse as if they are a child. Right. Because those two together are co-ruling, co-reigning, co-having co co-dominion over the, their home together over whatever it is that God gives them. And they need to always consider one another because once you get married, you become one. And right. so you can't make decisions without considering the impact on the one that you're in a relationship that with. You love so much. That you, the one you say you love so much. And mm -hmm. I've seen, and I can speak mostly to women, but we see mm -hmm. it happens in churches all the time because you mm -hmm. can see how the children turn out. Right, but right. women who have a calling on their lives and they're married, your calling does not supersede this covenant that you have with your right. spouse. Absolutely. But the same is true for the, the husband. If right. he begins to pastor a church and does not have the agreement and the support of his wife, then that is a breakdown waiting to happen. Right. And it's also going to be a poor example for all of those who come and follow that pastor. So when the Bible says that a person shouldn't be in leadership if they can't control their own home, their children in their own home. That's a true statement. And it's, while it's still a standard, it's still a standard. And whether it's directed towards the man or the woman, they should always be listening to one another uh, to see what is the right thing, what is the best thing for us as a family. Mm -hmm. I'll stop there. I, I, I agree. No, you're not going to stop because I got another question for you right there with you, Dr. Nicole. Okay. Um, so uh, this is a true um, incident that happened um, because I'm kind of piggybacking on something that you had said. So how do, so what happened was this was this couple, they, you know, just some, all of us, you know, perhaps maybe I didn't, I didn't, my, my relationship wasn't, didn't start it off with uh, tamarines, dancing, speaking in tongue and what have you. So we started out in a secular type of um, atmosphere. So this couple starts out with a public, with a, with a secular marriage. And then God calls the woman into evangelism, evangelism, but she puts the husband out. Now that, um, I, that's happened 20 years ago. I still wrestle with that today. Uh, today, she's a pastor up under this this great apostle and what have you. So I want you to be able to address that. That just kind of ring, rung a bell over something that you just said. How do we, just because God calls us into to ministry, who told us that we had the right to throw our husband out? You know, it, it's a scripture in the book of, uh, I think it's in Corinthians in chapter seven, where it says, if that man is pleased to to, to dwell with that woman, he, she don't supposed to put him out of that house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're right. And so as with all scripture, we can justify our own idiosyncrasies and 
everything else that we're doing to get away with it. We can justify okay. it, right? We can use, we can find a scripture to support anything right. that we want to do. Okay. And so what we need to consider all the time, women specifically, I'm just speaking to women specifically, right. even if you, after you have been married, you were not saved and now you're saved and God has called you to do something. Every calling is not for that moment. Can we look at Joseph, right? Mm -hmm. We know there was a call on Moses' life, but the calling didn't necessarily happen or David in the moment that the anointing happened or that the prophet spoke the word. Right. And so what God does, everything should be should be multiplied. Like we, when he gives a good a gift, right? He adds no sorrow to it. Right. It should be producing after its kind. And so we are supposed to be an example. And if God called you today, that same call will be with you 10 years from now, 12 years from now, 40 years from now. Mm -hmm. Our job, whatever commitments we have, whatever we've, we've said out of our mouths, because our marriage is a covenant that we said before God, our word should mean something. And so if I believe God is calling me to do something. And I can say that, yes, I knew that there was a ministry uh, that God had for me, but I was always consulting my husband about timing. What do you think about this? This is what I'm sensing. And even if I didn't agree with what he thought about the timing, because I respect him, love him, and, and need us to be on the same page together, Mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, Lord, it's just like Mary, how, how God had to speak to Joseph on behalf of Mary, right. because Joseph was ready to get rid of her. Right. I have to say, okay, God, we're not in agreement right now, but I'm trusting you to bring us together in alignment because we have children. Mm -hmm. Our lives is a ministry representation for the kingdom. And so I can't just arbitrarily go out here and make my own decision and do it my way. That's because the Bible is very clear about what happens when people don't do it in God's timing or when they move out against God's timing. Okay. We want to be in the center of God's will and continue to be an example in our marriages and in our families because the family is our first ministry always. Okay. Okay. Perfectly stated. So this, that's going to, that's going to conclude that segment. So the next segment we want to talk about, and we're going to pick it back from a question from the previous episode that we had on Tuesday, and that's barriers in the relationship. Okay. How are we supposed to be setting up some sort of boundaries um, so that outside appearance won't be able to attack our relationship. And this is something that we don't like to talk about, whether it's in the uh, secular, secular, uh, world or whether it's even in the church. And so sometimes, you know, we have, um, we're going to just be honest, mother-in-laws, don't matter if you want to talk about it or not. We have mother-in-laws that perhaps maybe have not divorced their sons or divorced their daughters. And so here you have a new newlywed couple, they're getting into this relationship. Um, perhaps maybe they have dated each other, previously dated, got a chance, an opportunity to learn one another. But now, you know, you, you have um, the mother that does not want to detach or the father that does not want to detach. I mean, I was sitting in a setting back here about seven or eight years ago. And so this wife and this husband had got away on a 
vacation. And so she went to go and visit her mom. I was down there visiting uh, her too, because we went to school together, their whole family. And so right while he was there, the dad pops up, he calls on the phone from another state going over um, um, football scores while he's on vacation with his, you know, with his wife at his mother's house. So it was kind of uh, distracting and she felt that it was distracting as well. I, you know, because everybody was raised different. You know, you give people respect and what have you. When a person is on vacation, I don't think that they need to go in and ask mommy to change their diaries every time they go somewhere. So um, that was a little offensive to the wife at that time. So we want to talk about that um, if it's comfortable for each uh, panelist to be able to share and discuss of, of how we need to put some boundaries in place. All of us have not done that. All of us, I've been married uh, going on, I think the other day, September the 7th was 33 years. So everybody's different. So, but we're talking to those that are listening today and those that are wanting to get married, they're single and they're wanting to get married and they may have an early marriage, you know, um, newlyweds or what have you. So we wanna talk about that. And we're gonna start with Monty. So this is a bit, <laughs> so interesting that we, I was in that situation. <clears throat> so, um, thankfully, my mother-in-law, she passed now, but she was Christian. So I met my wife in college, we got married and we moved away. And so my mother-in-law called my wife every day crying, you know, and I, and I finally, I, I decided I got to talk to her. Faye was her name. I said, Faye, you know that God said, you got to leave your father and mother and you cleave to your wife. And she goes, you know, you're right. I need to let go. And I thought, how wise God is, okay? <laughs> so now a little, little fast forward 30 years. Now I'm on the other end of that, all right? Two daughters, hand them off. And I'm like, where's this leave and cleave stuff coming from? Where, who made that stuff up, you know? So interesting being on the opposite side of it. But boundaries, though, you know, it is, it is so hard because... yeah. You know, it, it's hard because we feel bad for doing it. I mean, people realize they need to do it. Okay, this 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 intrusion into our relationship is causing problems, and and we need to do it. But it's so hard. And and so what I do in those situations, I, I talk about. Okay, so why is it hard? What what are the reasons for this difficulty? And then get them to uh, face whatever fear they may have or anxiety they may have about it and then under then address it and then i say now what happens if you don't so here's how but what happens if you don't i mean it's only going to get worse we need to put boundaries on people because they don't see the need for them and and so reasoning with people like that showing them scriptures you know like the genesis scripture i refer to i mean that helps but it, it's just it's tough it's probably one of the tougher things that young couples will do mm -hmm. absolutely reverend hayes Pastor Hayes? Yes. Uh, obviously, you have to start with leave and cleave from a biblical theological perspective. And, and the leaving and cleaving is important because you're asking this man and this woman to create a new family with people whom they are not biologically related to. And that's where the challenge is because they have a biological connection. They have a sociological connection with them because you were raised in this home with this mother, with this father. And so now uh, from Moses's narrative, what we discovered is that we're supposed to have a greater affection 
and a greater appreciation for our spouse than we do for our parents. So it's not that we are no longer uh, affectionate toward our parents or no longer aligned with them, but that we're being called higher to a greater relationship with this individual who I want to start a new family with. And so leaving and cleaving is important and should be discussed before marriage, right? So I think mm -hmm. this is where premarital counseling comes into play when we talk about, you know, the family dynamics, uh, where you talk about, you know, what kind of household were you raised in? Here's the type of household I was raised in. How does he treat his mother? How does she treat her father? You know, these are signs and uh, opportunities for us to understand what we may be dealing with. And I think part of the challenge is that most people treat marriage like dating. Now you never stop dating, but when you date somebody, you can break up with, them. you know, there's always an escape clause. But when you get married, you're saying that I'm going to be with this person to death, do us part. And I always like to joke and say, hopefully not at the hands of the other person. And so uh, the other thing I would, I would conclude on is don't talk about your marriage with everybody. That's right. right. The boundaries you do is you keep it between you and your spouse. Right. Uh, if you need help, you can go to the Davises, you can go uh, to Mani, you can go to my wife and you have a private um, confidential location and environment where you can you know, talk about those issues and process them out, but you can't have your family in your business and you certainly can't have the church in your business. Absolutely. Okay, Tony. Okay. So we asked, how do we get here? And earlier, you know, we talked about understanding spouses and knowing what's on your heart and who God has called you to be and how, to, how does knowing that impact the um, efficacy of the marriage? Well, the same still holds true when you're talking about parent-child relationships. As a parent, where I would start is ideally try to teach parents that you need to understand who your child is and ideally raise them in a way with the understanding that they will know they will go from six to 16 and eventually 26, 36, 46, and 56. In other words, they will eventually leave you. So you would raise them understanding that they're going to go be who they have been designed to be. And then, you know, we call it stages of life and the church will call them seasons and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But when, when your children get to that season of that, their life, then you and your spouse may go to another season as well, because now your parenting has shifted. Mm -hmm. Right. So we would have to talk about some of the um, fundamentals and dynamics of that. Mm -hmm. But notwithstanding that fact, we also have to understand that that child, in our case, we had two sons. Um, I heard Monty say he has, I think you said you had daughters, right? Two daughters, yeah. Two daughters, which is, ooh, right? <laughs> Congratulations for having a head full of hair. Um, <laughs> but when you, regardless of whether you have sons, daughters, boys, and girls, the reality is, you know, your, your children are going to have to have some kind of relationships. And then they're going to get into a dating relationship and someone who they will consider married. And once you get to that stage of your life where you're talking about, I'm going to consider marrying this person, that is so crucial. You don't, you don't, if you would come to someone like us, we're going to tell you not to rush into marriage. Really understand that person, understand the dynamics of their world, challenge them and get this. Yes, we will even give you an opportunity to offend them so you can see how they respond. 
And then when you look at their parent, their the dynamics with their family, their friends, or like the church all in their business, because sometimes it can be the parents all in the business. Sometimes it can be the friends all in the business. It can be somebody that's all in their business. You need to understand who's in their business, where they're getting their counsel. Is their counsel wise? Is their counsel foolish? And before you walk down the aisle, you need to know that when I look at his or her relationships, I'm okay with this. If those relationships never change, I will be okay marrying this person. But if I know that your daddy's all in your business and he's controlling you or your mama is real nosy, then I don't, and you and you like it that way, then I'm going to say pump the brakes, don't get married yet. Because while you think you can um, solve it down the line, if it's a problem now, it's going to be a problem later. And you're going to be talking to me four or five years later. And then you're going to be talking about things like divorce. And then, of course, from a, a legal perspective, I'm going to tell you how, the cost of divorce because it's not cheap, right? So we need to understand those dynamics before you get married. Premarital counseling, and we we teach we a lot of times we take it as a throwaway and use it as a check the box procedure, but I think it's extremely crucial, and we need to put the cruciality back in the premarital counseling. And then last but not least, I know you said like in that particular case, the, a person was texting and the um, spouse was uh, offended. That was a little tougher for me because I would, like, once again, knowing who my spouse is and what they like and what they may not like, even when we're on vacation, um, I need to, I mean, I, hopefully before we got married, I would have some experiences and know how they like to relax and vacation and all that kind of good stuff. Because sometimes your offense could be a legitimate offense and other times it could be controlling. And I, I don't know, I would need more facts before I would really Say what, what activities are right or wrong while somebody is doing certain things. Well, he was basically, the, the, the husband was basically the only child. And the parents actually, to give a little bit more information, uh, he they doted over this son. And so I guess that's the reason why everyone kind of had an issue with that because of, I guess, the relationship between the son and his father and what have you. Um, it's just a scenario. This is not anything to kind of be, you know, yeah. biased or opinionated or what have you, but it's the relationship between the, 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 the parents and what have you. He's the only son. He's a school teacher. He's in his 40 years, you know, in, in his 40s or something or something like that. And so you know, I guess the, the wife kind of felt that, you know, we're here, we're on vacation. It was her parents' house and what have you, you know, can't you put that to a side or what have you? Because even though they were, I mean, I, I don't think that the wife was selfish. I think the father just kind of felt that I don't care where you go. That's how we kind of felt it was too. I don't care where you go. I have a right, a legal right to disrupt whatever it is that, that you're doing. And yeah, so like, like I said, and I, I don't know, because I mean, it, it could be a situation where that could be the case. It could be if he didn't get the football scores from his dad, he may be getting them from his best friend. And so it would still be an intrusion into the vacation, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah so, so I mean, like I said, I, I don't know, because it's like, hey, let, let me get my give me give me five minutes to get my scores and then I can be back to you. Because another way, look, or like. As a month, uh, I'm sorry, Isaac said, you know, because you know we can we can look like we're listening, especially when we put our other set of eyes right, right, <laughs> right. Sure at you. Because I'm a reserved guy as well, and it's like, but you know, I can look like I'm with you, but it's like we having this conversation. But I'm wondering, did the Ravens score? You may as well just give me the information <laughs> and let me get back to enjoying you. I think, yes, and then okay, babe, now where were we? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs>
<laughs> and it could have been, and, and just like you said, see, sometimes, like you know, we can read, everybody can read into different things, but, but, but I guess that's how we read into it because of the relationship, you know, between the father, but, you know, it could have been like that. Let me get this score from this dad and what have you and things. And so, you know, and then after this, we hang up the phone and stuff. Yes, I got, we're winning and stuff. And then let's go back over here to the white. So yeah, you're right. right. I mean, I can see it that way, Tony. Yeah, see, sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's just a, it's just a conversation, right? <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Nicole. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, as an aside, one of the things we talk about, and I'm surprised Tony didn't say this, we actually uh, do pre-engagement counseling. Okay, okay. Because once you get to premarital, you know, they didn't already, they got the hall. You know, she wearing a ring. She already picked out the invitation. And so they're not even open to mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're saying. And the 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 fact that there could even be a slim possibility that after this conversation, I might call it off. Oh, no, we're just checking a box. Now we're the problem. Right, right, <laughs> right. How dare we? And so we want to talk to people as you're thinking that this might be the person right. that right. you want to be with. So that's just an aside. I just wanted to throw that mm -hmm. in. But I had the privilege of being a stay-at-home mom. And so I'm going to talk about it from the preventative side right. uh, for those who are raising children and will eventually, if they're blessed to have this situation come up where your spouse, I mean, where your child is now considering marriage. I was a stay-at-home mom and I loved it. I loved being at home. And as I was raising our sons, I remember having an encounter with the Lord one day and he said very clearly to me, that their success nor their failure was mine to claim, that we are simply stewards. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that perspective, and that's what it is, it's really a perspective change about mm -hmm. the role that you have in this child's life, that they come here already with gifts and a calling that's true. on their lives, for mm -hmm. their lives, that God has purpose for them to be in the earth. When you parent from that perspective, as your child grows, as Tony says, the stages and ages of life, you will have a different perspective in how it is you are to walk with them through these various stages that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, you are equipping and training your child for independence. That's an inevitability that we should embrace. We may not want to, but that is what we are called to. And so as Christians, how we parent should be very different from the world. We shouldn't be talking about the same issues when we understand it from a kingdom perspective, but we don't. If we're really honest with how it is that we do what we do, it's the same as the world. We bring everything that we learn from our parents, we bring that into the relationship, right. and it's not, we don't um, take that through the word, let it be mm -hmm. washed and changed. Mm -hmm so that we are now giving our, our children a different experience because now we know Christ. So that's what I would offer to the conversation that parents need to understand their role in the child's life and right. that they should steward in a way that they prepare their children to be successful in that relationship by having the proper conversations. Like that father giving the child away shouldn't just be symbolic. It should be because the father really sat down with that young man to get to know who this person was, that they spent time with that family and had the conversations necessary to make sure that both children were coming in in a way and with a, a mindset 
for success and that the parents come alongside as support, not to be a distraction or to even be divisive, to continue to show, uh, you know, our, the role that I have, like I would never do that to my sons. I want them to have what we have been able to have. Right. A healthy, loving, fun, and enjoyable relationship without parents as a part of that union. And so that's what's important, yeah. how we parent. Yeah, take what you learn from us and, and go be your best self. Yes. And and we and we and we trust what you've done. And and we also trust that when you get married, that you'll make a, the right decision and and you'll go with someone who will have confidence in that when the inevitable issues of relationships um, pop up, that both of you are well equipped to handle and get through those um, patches. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Fair enough. So this is the last question. We want each panel uh, panelists to be able to share with the audience of some of your last final uh, uh, tips that you would uh, like to share to marriage couples and those that are are uh, trying to get married. You know, some you know people. Some people don't know that there are resources to reach out to. They don't know that there there are people that they can be able to talk to. Um, I know a lot of times people may not want to go to the church and get the six weeks counseling from the pastor, but there are also other places that people can be able to go and be able to get help. So, what would you advise? We're going to start with uh, Monty. What would you advise, and what the last final tips that you would like to leave for couples? Well, first of all, I commend you for tackling these issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, these are these are some difficult things that uh, you know people need to wrestle with. That they're going to wrestle with them eventually. So, right. I appreciate you bringing them to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So, in our forty years, I, in, in my office, I have a couch. And then I sit in a chair and I tell people, hey, I was on the I was in the, the on the couch long before I was able to sit in the chair. But what took me a long time to get to the couch was I saw getting help as being weak. And I, and and mm -hmm. I think a lot of guys particularly that view it that way. So I said, no, it doesn't make you weak. It makes you wise. Mm -hmm. And for example, like my wife and I, we knew clearly what we didn't want when we got married because I didn't want my parents married. She didn't want hers, but we didn't know how to get what we wanted. And so that's why, you know, once we tried to do it on our own and crashed and burned, then we realized, you know, we, we really, there are people out there that know how to do this. The wheel is out there. Well, let's don't try to invent it. Let's go find it and uh, help a ton. So that's the advice I would give. Don't, don't view it as a weakness to get help viewed as wisdom. Okay, great. And so also with each panelist, and we're going to stay right there with you, Monty, share how the audience can be able to connect with you, any books that you have published, how they can be able to find you on your websites, and also to be able to look you up for any uh, future counseling. You can share that. We're going to go around the panel with that too. Okay, so um, our website is MTC, that's Mike Tangle Charlie, counseling.com. And uh, we, uh, you know, do marriage counseling. We do mental health counseling, substance abuse counseling. We we do a lot of. We do uh, spiritual coaching, life coaching. We got a lot of resources. We provide resources to churches for mental health uh, staff training, uh, for workshops, conferences, things like that as well. Okay, uh, Pastor Hayes. Yes, I'll go down a quick punch list here. One, pray together. If, if you're in a marriage, you have to pray together. You have to make time to do that, whether it's every day or at a minimum once a week that you all 
take time out to pray together because that's one way you learn what's on the heart of your spouse through what they're praying for. And you'll discover, oh, I didn't know she was dealing with this or I didn't know he was facing those challenges. So that's one way when you can't interpret or translate what your spouse is communicating. When you pray together, you learn what's going on in their life. Uh, two, monitor your spouse's spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being because your spouse is not always going to tell you what's going on. But if you see him losing weight or you see him gaining weight, that's probably a sign of stressors in his life or her life. And that's an opportunity for you to um, ask questions. Three, I would say work together. Marriage is a partnership. It's, it's not a competition as we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, uh, but we are working together for whatever God's will is and God's destiny is for bringing the two of us together. We could have uh, met any other person, but God partnered the two of us together for the kingdom uh, since we're talking to Christians. And so working together is gonna to help us to thrive and flourish and produce what that is. And then the last thing I'll say, because we talked about um, the Ephesians passage and submission, and what submission looks like in marriage is wives respecting their husbands and husbands loving their wives. That's what yeah. Paul really gets to in this mutual submission of husbands and wives. It's wives respect and husbands love. Yeah. Uh, and when we do those two, I think we're good. Uh, and as it relates to how people can reach me, you can go to HOTS, H-O-T-S, ministries.com uh, and learn more about uh, my ministry Healing of the Soul Ministries, which is designed to evangelize the lost through the gospel and to empower the saints through kingdom principles. Okay, okay, great. Thank you so much. Tony? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah, so my, my advice to um, couples who are married and especially those who are considering any kind of relationships, I, I would tell you not to focus so much initially on the other person, but really focus on yourself be the person that you're supposed to be and that way when you can know that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing um and then so from a man's perspective i would simply say be reliable be reliable for yourself and then anybody else who comes in contact contact with you regardless of how they come in contact with you whether it's a relationship whether it's business professional doesn't matter that that it be known that you're one who can definitely be relied upon to do what you will say um and as you as you're going through life don't be so staunch. Uh, be willing to change. You know, sometimes we we um, are who we are because we have good teaching, and sometimes we are who we are because we had bad teaching, and sometimes we are who we are because we've had mediocre teaching. But regardless, if we realize that we can get better, then we have to be willing to make the change. Don't because we'll spend a lot of time just trying to prove try to prove something when it may not be um, yield fruit. Um, then when you're talking about getting into a relationship, especially when the person is gonna become your wife and I would tell the wife, the potential wife to evaluate this before she even agrees to walk down the aisle as well, but be somebody who really cares about her individual aspirations. You need to make sure that you're gonna do, you know, we talk about being sacrificial, let it be known that you're gonna do anything you can to help her be all that she can be, all that God has created her to be, be willing to support her in all those endeavors because it's, all, it's only going to come back to you because I know a lot of times the way it plays out, as you mentioned in one of your earlier questions, it may come across as competition, but the reality is if we do it properly, it's just going to make the marriage 
um, healthier and, and have more, you'll have more fun as well. And then um, this could have been first, but nevertheless, uh, I would say be willing to cast a vision for your family, uh, for your family, for your wife, for your children, and then be and then having intestinal fortitude to carry it out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and I would just piggyback on that with the vision. Uh, if couples would come together, sit down and talk about what is it that you would like to accomplish? What 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 do we want or see for our family in the first year? in five years, in 10 years, and have that conversation every year at the least where you are looking back, evaluating and assessing, were we successful? Did we accomplish the things that we put on our list? Do we need to make some changes? And that vision can also include your health, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being. You need to read the Bible. You need to come together around scripture and talk about how you're understanding what it is that you believe God is saying for you and for your family. And I think those things, uh, in addition to what Tony said, can help establish a firmer foundation upon which to build. If the foundation is not solid, then all of these other things that we have talked about or have suggested will not be able to stand if we are not at least standing together with one mind going in the same direction and how it is that we're going to do whatever it is in our marriage and in the way that we're raising our family. As it relates to how to get in contact with us, we have our website, Empower to Engage, spelled out E-M-P-O-W-E-R, the word to engage, E-N-G-A-G-E.com. Tony has his family law practice, davisfamilylegalgroup.com. And you can email us info at empower to engage if you want to contact us directly. We have resources and books that can be found on our website as well as on Amazon. You can look up Tony and Nicole Davis or Nicole Davis PhD. And you'll find all of our information uh, on one of those two sites. Okay. Great. So um, again, I would like to thank each and every one of you for being a panelist on the show on today. Uh, you know, we um, all of us have different opinions, just like the first uh, set that we had, and, and all of the opinions were agreeable. And so that's the main thing, making sure that a relationship is in harmony. That's the, mm, I just heard it right there, harmony, harmonizing with one another. There's no big eyes or little use in a relationship. And then also, even if, I mean, that's, it, it, you know, still, you know, today, I've heard a pastor say, even after a person that perhaps maybe have came out of a bad raising, bringing up, even when you get older, that's still not an excuse. We got to get the get in there, find out what the problem is, get to the root of it, and then we can be able to harmonize and work together in our relationships. So once again, thank you for being with us on today, and everyone have a great afternoon. Thank, thank you. you for having thank us. You. You're welcome.